Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are rating and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And today we are going to be ranking Alhur. Alhur. Okay. Uh, is that? Oh, I'll, I'll, all right. I need to, I need, I need spelling. It is uh, H-U-R-R. Two R's. Okay. Two R's. All right. Yeah. All right. Alhur. I would not have guessed that. So I'm glad I didn't try. Yes. He is our, technically our fourth governor, although he is our third governor episode, because the previous governor was just an interim who was never really appointed. Right, him. right. Previous one, a uh, major, major asterisk uh, yes. on the record there. I, I have, my notes is, Ayub is technically governor and technically is uh, italicized. So, right. My, well, he, I, I suspect, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't do much. He wasn't officially appointed by the governor of Ifriqiya or by the caliph. So right. we just kind of skipped right over him and we're going to yep. the next officially appointed governor, which is Al-Hur. I think that's fair. Now, before if, we talk about him, I'd like to talk a little bit about our final Arabic source from this time. And it's kind of oh. a controversial one. Oh, all right. This source, I haven't mentioned it before because I didn't have a copy of it until now. It is the Akbar Mahmua. Hmm. This okay. means the collected accounts. So it's anonymous. It has multiple mm -hmm. authors and it is the collected accounts of the Muslims in Spain, right? Okay. Starts from the conquest and it goes on several, several hundred years. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason that the Akbar Mahmua is so controversial is because no one is 100% sure when it was composed, and that oh. makes it kind of hard to trust the veracity of the, uh, of the mm. stories it tells, mm. right? Sure, sure, it, right. It's not remarkably different from the other Muslim sources that we have, the Arabic right. sources we have. However, there have been some scholars who have argued that there are parts of this collected accounts, the Akbar Mahmua, which were written contemporaneously in uh -huh. the eighth century. Okay. It's really hard mm. to prove that. First of right. all, because the, the manuscript that we have obviously is from the late middle ages because it's been copied mm. and recopied many times. So we, right. we don't, there's no manuscript from the 700s that we mm -hmm. have. The second part is similar. It's a similar problem that we have with Latin manuscripts, but the collected accounts were written in Arabic and okay. in Quranic Arabic, right? Right. Oh, okay. All right. That doesn't change right a lot of writings we can kind of guess when they were from by their use of vocabulary and grammar and what we know right. about the language at the time but mm -hmm. when it comes to these kind of classical languages such as latin or mm -hmm. arabic that were written only we don't really know we can't really tell uh, I, I mean I, i'm assuming there's sort of a a, a as, as you point out, if there's if there's sort of an overlap between an account that we can verify and an account that we can't, uh, that probably throws a little more of a positive light on the account that we can't. It does. Uh, but the arguments okay. for and against whether this is, has some contemporary material in it are okay. epic and involved scholars calling each other names. Oh, and, my God. It's like yeah. the Shakespeare controversy. Yeah, uh, it's okay. one of those oh. things. All right, so, all right. So this Fair will be enough. a fun source for us to use. All right. Nice to know that uh, Arab scholars can be every bit as petty as scholars in, well, frankly, Shakespeare studies. Yes. Uh, a, a subject to which I can speak with great authority. Indeed. <laughs> all right. So let's get on to Al-Hur's governorship, his okay. biography. 
we don't actually know a lot personally about our okay. current governor. His oh, really? full name, his full name is Al Khur Ibn Abd al Rahman Al Thakafi, right? Um, so we know his father's name. I was going to say we got his father. That's about it. Ah, he, okay. he first comes into our story when he is appointed governor of Al Andalus. Oh well, that was yeah. quick. Yep, that's okay. that's the first time. That's we a hear very of sudden. That's a that's a Kramer level entry. Yes, uh, very sudden <laughs> and unannounced. Okay. Yes, Ibn Al Kutiya explains. Quote, then Suleiman appointed as governor of Ifriqiya Abdullah ibn Yazid, a client of the Arab tribe of Qais, after his anger against Musa and his dismissal of him as governor of Ifriqiya in North Africa. Mm -hmm. In turn, Abdullah appointed Al-Hur ibn al-Rahman al-Thakafi, governor of Al-Andalus, for in those days Al-Andalus had no separate governor, but one chosen by the governor of Ifriqiya. Right, right. We, we talked about that. It's sort of a line of dominoes. You, you appoint the, the governor closest to you, and he in turn appoints the governor uh, proximate to him and so forth. Yeah, and um, we also talked about how this this governor of Ifriqiya, Abdullah ibn Yazid, was a replacement by Suleiman because remember before Musa left his son in charge mm -hmm, in Ifriqiya, right, right, and Suleiman right. thought, I don't want no, Musa's no, 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 son no, 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 no. appointing the next governor of Al-Andalus. Right. Uh -huh. I, I, I've just ritually humiliated this man's father. I am yeah, not going to nope. leave this up to yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> So Al-Hur is um, appointed. He has no connection with Musa's family. Right. We're, right. We've, we've, yeah, we've, we've cleaned house and we're starting fresh. Okay. And that's all we know about Al-Hur personally. Okay. We do know, however, that Al-Hur is walking into a less than ideal situation on the Iberian Peninsula. Yes. Right? So the peninsula has been conquered. That's true. But there are yes. still big parts of the northeast of the country right. that are still mm -hmm. under Christian control. And then there's all of Septimania, which right. is still Gothic. And right? also, you know, not, not for nothing, but they, they did butcher the last guy who had the job officially in a mosque. Yes. So, uh, you know, d difficulty on many levels. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and as a matter of fact, you remember Ashila or Ahila II that I mentioned? He was the other king of the north when Roderick yes. was ruling. Yes, that's right. Right. Well, he finally has died. And according to one regnal list, he had a successor, a guy uh -huh. named Ardo. Ardo. Okay. Right. So at this point, the Muslim governors are like, all right, come on. This is this is right. too much. We, right. We got to deal with this. Yes. Yes. But even the parts that are under Muslim control in the peninsula are very patchwork. There are parts that are under direct control of the governor, such as the mm -hmm. cities of Cordoba, Seville, Toledo, etc. Basically, mm -hmm. any place that resisted and had to be conquered by force right. is under direct control of the governor. Right. However, there are also large areas that still remain functionally the same government-wise as they did before the conquest. Right. Well, we had that we had that treaty. Uh, mm -hmm. with, I was just going to say. Okay, yeah. Think of Theodomir's area. Yeah, Same exactly. Leader, they just pay mm -hmm. taxes to the Muslims instead. Mm -hmm. So there's no real countrywide system of government here. Right. Right. Another problem that Al Hur discovers when he shows up: the treasury <laughs> is empty. Oh my! Uh, well, now, all right. Let's remember that Musa. <laughs> Right. Did well, have a bit of a track record. Well, this is a failure of the caliphate and how it is set up at the time, right? Okay. See, the way the caliphate worked back then was that Muslims did not have to pay any taxes to the government. 
Right. They paid right. none. They were mm-hmm. only responsible for the zakat charitable giving. That's part of the five pillars of Islam. Right. But to the government, they pay nothing. Mm-hmm. This means that any government funds come from one of two sources, spoils from the conquests right. and taxes paid by non-Muslims. Right. You know, I was going to say, you're, you're, a, you're a person of the book, but you are not Muslim. So you will right. kick in. But this is not a way to build on a lasting, this is not a way to finance a system of government. No, because no. Eventually the conquests will end right this yeah, is not a thing you, that could continue this is basically a multi-level marketing thing where eventually you can't conquer enough people to sustain the entire system you know i, I this the, is how people go broke doing amway well um, so. and since people know that if they convert to islam that they don't have to pay taxes this right. is a double-edged sword of conversion Oh, right. It's not forced, but it is heavily incentivized to the point to where, you know, if, oh, wait, I don't have to pay any money and all I have to be is a religious hypocrite. Fine. Cool. I will absolutely sign off on that. So imagine you're Al-Hur. You show Mm -hmm. up for your first day of work after the last guy in your position was murdered. Right. Your palace is a converted monastery, which also happens to be the place that the last guy was murdered. Murdered, yes. There's no money, and a large chunk of your domain is still controlled by non-Muslims. Wow. Uh, all right. So Hell this of a is first a, day. This is a tough situation for <laughs> mm-hmm. Al-Hur. Yes, it is. But he is nothing if not organized, though. He <coughs> quickly starts to bureaucratize. Okay. All right. So the first thing he does is he moves the capital from Seville to Cordoba. Okay. All right. And this is where it's going to be for the rest of Muslim rule. Okay. Yes. All right. Cordoba becomes capital. Okay. Yep. Got it. Next thing he does is he starts to appoint judges or Qadi throughout the peninsula and expands Mm. their powers. So this can serve as a sort of local government rather Mm. than individual Visigothic lords dealing directly with the governor and not they're not really being any structure in place. Right, right. And this system, I mean, that's how it works in the rest of the caliphate, and it will continue. Remember that Ibn mm-hmm. al-Qutiyah's father was a Qadi in Sibir. Right, right. Yeah. So, so he's starting okay. to put into place a basic government structure. Right, right. Yes. Uh, then he turns to the tax situation. Aha. Uh-huh. He very desperately needs money. Mm -hmm. So he does two things to Uh remedy the lack of money in the treasury. Uh Number one, and this sounds kind of counterintuitive, he restores Christian lands to those Visigothic nobles who remain in the peninsula. Uh He gives back their lands. Okay. And this seems like, why would you do that? Why would you give more of your land Mm -hmm. over? But if he gives it to the Christians, then they pay taxes on it. Right. Right. So if uh, he says, you know what, if you're willing to work, I know right. we just fought a whole war of sure. conquest, but we will return the lands that we took from you and you will pay taxes on them. And a lot right. of people said that's fine. Yeah, I was going to say this is sort of like, I'm going to give you your car back. By the way, I own all the gas stations. So you yes. will once again have your vehicle and I will have a steady source of income. Correct. Okay, yes. gotcha. But the second thing he does is kind of indicative of a larger trend in the caliphate. He goes hmm. after the Berbers. 
Okay. Now, now this kind of takes some some background explanation. Yes, when it does. Moose, yes, when <laughs> Musa came over in the well, when Tariq came over in the initial mm -hmm. conquest, followed by Musa and then Abdulaziz, each of them either brought or recruited soldiers from mm -hmm. the caliphate, and right. some of these soldiers were Arabs, and some right. of them were Berbers. Right. Technically, according to Islam and the Quran, there is really no difference between these two. But we've mentioned before right. that people are always going to be people, and right. Arabs often look down on Berbers as newer right. converts who were uncivilized and, uh -huh. and didn't, didn't really understand. So yeah, it's one of those on, things where uh, the word technically equal, the, the word that's doing all the lifting is technically. Uh, mm -hmm. So, okay. So it's not surprising that Al-Hur would choose the Berbers specifically for, mm -hmm. for these policies. Sure. Uh, another issue that, that comes in with the Berbers is, is the idea of their settlement, right? Mm -hmm. So when all mm -hmm. these people have come over to Spain for the conquest, sure. Sure. They got rewarded. They right. got uh, money and they got land. Land, sure. Yes. Um, and if you were Arab, you got the good lands in the center of the country where mm. it was nice and arable. And if right. you were a Berber, you got right. lands in the mountains. Yeah, I was going to say, we gave you an acre. The acre appears to be the side of a cliff. Still an acre. Now go farm. <laughs> well, some of it is not bad because if you think of the geography of North Africa, it's quite yeah. mountainous. So yeah, yeah. So the Berbers who were placed in, for example, the area around Granada, which is very mm -hmm. mountainous, found yes. the geography and the climate to be very similar to what they were used to back in their home country and they were right. able to continue their their ranching and and uh, sure. traditional economies pretty much kind the same i was going to say it's kind of like the uh the slavic people uh coming to america and discovering that they had to live in minnesota um oh well actually this is uh this is home this this yes, works for us quite the same <laughs> however some Berbers were stationed in the north along the oh. coast de Europa and the Pyrenees, and it's right. really cold there. Yeah. It's cold in a way it's not cold in Morocco. Right. And so a lot of these Berbers were extremely unsatisfied. So that's the right. background. And I assume, I mean, uh, along the same lines, I assume, g given the nature of the conquest, I assume that the further north you go on the on the Iberian Peninsula, the the greater the resentment and resistance to to Muslim rule becomes. I mean, especially if you go far to the north, you've got the Basques, and you know if you're getting closer to to Septimania, you still got some independence there. So, right. Um, well, th yeah. this is the other thing: the Berbers were placed there not only to be given land as a reward for helping in the conquest, but they mm -hmm. were to be the enforcers. Right? right they're right. right there on the border with the christians that are left and so they mm. have to do the grunt work right so everybody's going to be very popular okay and so al-hur picks the berbers out specifically it calls mm -hmm. them out and says hey there are a lot of berbers here who didn't hand over all of the spoils from the conquest you're supposed oh, to give a certain percentage to the caliph and a certain oh. percentage to the local government and you didn't do it oh okay Yes. So give us money. And also, in addition to that, we're going to add the sting of your weasels. Great. 
Good luck with this. And the Chronicle of 754 points out that Alhur was not very nice about this. I mean, it's a, <laughs> not a nice thing to do. Wow. But he, you know, when you've got a historic chronicle that goes out of the way to say that somebody wasn't nice, when it's when you're enough of a not nice to get a mention, that's that's like you know that's like finding out that uh, you know in, in the Roman chronicles that Cato the uh, Elder was renowned for being savage. Like, wow, that's up against some staggering competition. Well, the Chronicle states that when uh, he had brought in some Moors to question mm-hmm. them about any spoils, he he made them wear sackcloth that was infested with worms and lice, oh. he put them in chains, subjected them to interrogation, wow. yeah, all kinds oh. of bad stuff. Okay, great. Yeah, but he did get money out of it. He's, oh, yeah, he's, no, it's real. We used that say, money back are- out. There are some bent noses in Jersey who will say, yeah, eventually you will get money out of people if you treat them like that. Trust me. But I, I hope you understand I am laying the groundwork for a couple of things that are going to be say, happening in upcoming episodes. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I feel as though, wow, look at all of these chickens that we've sent away from the roost. I hope nothing happens as a result. I hope they never come home. Goodness. Yeah, no, that would be awful. Yes. <laughs> All right, then Alhur turns to the north. He's got to okay. deal with this Ardo character. Yes. Right? Thinking that he's king when he's clearly not. No. I mean, we don't even have any surviving coins from this guy. Right. So, you know. Right. So in 717, he does his initial campaign, which is actually on the southern side of the Pyrenees. It's in the former province of Terraconensis. Okay. Right? This is the northeast of Spain. Okay. And in this campaign, he takes Pamplona. Then the campaign season ends and he goes back to Cordoba. 718, the next Mm -hmm. campaign season, he goes back to the north and he takes Barcino and Tarragona. So at this point, everything below the Pyrenees, apart from the Basques and the Astorians that strip in the north, is fully conquered. Okay. Then the campaign season ends and he goes back to Cordoba. Right, right. Right. Third year, 719, he starts to take on Septimania, right? Mm. He starts to cross mm-hmm. the Pyrenees and he wants to take Septimania. He knows there's a lot of Goths there because most Goths who have been able have fled to Septimania or mm-hmm. to Aquitaine or Burgundy, right? But Septimania okay. is a historical part of the Spanish state. It, it was part of the Visigothic country and they mm-hmm. won. Okay. Yeah. So starting at 719, there are some raids into Septimania, reconnaissance missions, small raids, and Mm -hmm. they're all pretty pathetic. None of them do any sort (laughs) of damage or make any sort of headway whatsoever. Mm. Right. Okay. But he has taken the the northeastern part of Taraconensis. So that is right. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Sorry. I'm just, I'm looking at the map. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Then greater events overtake Alhur. Suleiman, oh, the caliph. Yes. He, he had died in 717. Right. And the succession was a little weird. Oh. Uh, the successor is actually Abdulaziz's son, Umar. 
So remember the Caliph Marwan, yeah, he had right. two sons, Abdul Malik yes. and Abdul Aziz. Yes. And all of the Caliphs so far have been Abdul Malik's mm. descendants, right? We had Al Malik okay. and then we had Suleiman. Right. So there's right. a very strong Al Malik contingent in okay. Damascus right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Suleiman, who did have two sons, his yes. older son predeceased him earlier in the year, 717. Right. And right. his younger son was away fighting in Constantinople. Ah. And his advisors are like, I mean, we don't even know if he's dead or not. You can't mm -hmm. appoint him. Right? Right, right. So Suleiman decides, all right, I'm going to appoint my nephew. I'm going to appoint Abdulaziz's son, Umar. Mm. He thinks okay. that Umar is the best one for the job. Okay. And then to pacify the Al-Malik contingent, he says, right. after Umar, then my brother Yazid will be caliph. Oh, boy. Right? So he sets oh. up this succession plan. Oh, so this works so well. First, it's going to be Umar ibn Abdulaziz, and then mm -hmm. it will be Yazid ibn Abdulmalik. No, no, right. it's it's not. <laughs> Well, we'll see how that plays out in upcoming episodes. Okay. But the issue is that Umar doesn't really seem interested or impressed with Al-Andalus in general. Oh, Just, well, he doesn't seem right. to care about the area. Right. And as news of Al-Hur being unable to even pull off a successful raid against the Franks reaches him, right. he right. decides to pull the plug on Al-Hur's governorship. Oh, no. Okay. Yep. So right. Ibn al-Qutiyah tells us, Quote, but Al-Hur had not been appointed long before Umar ibn Abdulaziz, God have mercy upon him, became mm. caliph in 717 and appointed Al-Sam ibn Malik, governor of Al-Andalus. Over ah. Ifriqiyah, he appointed Ismail ibn Abdullah, a client of the Banu Maskum. So he basically comes in and cleans house. Yep. He comes in and he says, you know what? I don't, I don't really care about this region. I don't know these people. They don't really seem to be accomplishing anything. So mm. out. Everybody wow. out. Okay, all right. So uh, in the year 719, Al-Hur is deposed. Uh, he is replaced by Al-Sam, who we will yes. talk about in the next episode. Yes. And we don't know anything else about Al-Hur. We don't know where well, he goes after this. We don't know uh, how he dies. Nothing. That's the end. Oh, uh, this was this was this was sad. Um, yeah, it's it's upsetting because Al-Hur Al did so much in yes. the peninsula, but yes. he's definitely seen as a placeholder because all of the Arabic right. sources are way more interested in this caliph succession issue. Right, which, don't get me wrong, yes, very important and going to be, uh, I, I sense, incredibly juicy, but, but oh, that is, that is brutal. Yes, um, so that's know, the get... end of Al-Hur's governorship. Okay. All right. You ready to rate them? I, uh, yes. Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> Our first category is conquistadores. How much land did he conquer? How badly was he? How good was right. he at war? Right. Well, we do know that he took towns in the north and pacified yes. those those parts in the north of the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, he really wasn't able to make any headway with the Franks. Right. And that's something that his successors will do. I so, was going to say, this, this is sort of his downfall. 
Yeah, um, it is. It, I mean, it, it makes the caliph go, wait, why are we there? Right. What, what's, why right. are we even in this country? Right. Uh, yeah, there's, there's very much a, uh, you know, Russians in Afghanistan, uh, Americans in, well, Afghanistan. <laughs> um, uh, basically, yeah, there's this sense of, of as you say, uh, all he can do is throw more, more men at the situation and accomplish nothing as a result. He also did give land back to Christians, which right. I, I don't, it's weird to talk about it in Conquistadores, but it is less right. land that's under direct right. control. Right, I was going to say, te- technically the, the, the map was less of the good color and more of the undesirable color mm-hmm. at the time that, you know, he, 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 he seeded it. Um, on the other hand, uh, I, I, the, the way I look at it is, you know, he, he it, it seems to me more than anything else that what he really did was he, he, he leased the land back to the original owners with the understanding that it would be uh, a source of income. Uh, I, I, I would call that a wash uh, in terms of his overall score, but, but yeah, my overall it's hard, it's hard it, yeah. to, to, to rate this, I think. It is. But I'm going to actually rate him fairly low because Mm -hmm. as it stands, we are talking about the category that kind of cost him the job. That is Um, true. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm actually going to be fairly harsh. I'm going to give him a two. Oh, that is quite Uh, harsh. Yes. Yes. And, and, and really it has a lot to do with the fact that he just, this is the rock that he, uh, you know, foundered on. So that's, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little nicer. I'm going to say a three. Okay. All Um, right. Because he did accomplish some things. He did conquer more territory. It's just that. True, 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 true. And maybe if he had kept going, he would have done better against the Franks. It's just the Caliph didn't give him time. Right. And, you know, and the Franks are not pushovers, you know, we're not going to you know suggest that he, it's not like he went up against somebody particularly pathetic. He went up against, you know, people who had been on that border for quite some time. Yes. Um, And we are going to be talking a lot more about the Franks in upcoming episodes. We're getting to a cool time in Franks history. All right. Good. (laughs) uh, So that's a five for Conquistadores. Our next category is no me digas. What kind of stuff did he do that people would have gossiped about? Mm-hmm. I really don't have anything for this category. Yeah. It kind of seems like a guy who showed up, did the job to the best of his ability, and then mm-hmm. left. He didn't try to remain in office afterwards. He didn't right. sleep around. He didn't. I mean, the stuff with the Berbers is pretty bad. I will yes. say that. Yes. Yes, but even there, from a from a purely, uh, shall we say, managerial standpoint, he he took the people. I mean, if we he was cold blooded, but at the same time, eminently rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I you know, as in we've got this land; it's less than desirable. We've also got a bunch of people that uh, you know, between you and me, we don't particularly care about, but we owe a battle debt to. Yes. So I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. It's actually, as I say, it's 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 good heartless management. It is. It's not necessarily fair that he picked out the Berbers for keeping spoils. No, from no, the no. It's, oh no, it's incredibly unfair. And clearly, uh, I mean, let's face it, it's it's racist. I I will say that you know he's he's very much coming across to me as 
the, the, the middle manager from the central office who comes in uh, after there's been, you know, major shenanigans uh, at the branch office. And I'm seeing a, a comb over and a pocket protector and a <laughs> short sleeved button down shirt with a tie that's yes. a little too short. No um, one really likes him, but nobody likes him. But at the same time, he is the only person who has memorized the manual. And so there's there's also a sense of, well, I mean, we things are running a little more smoothly now, but every yes. but nobody's happy. So yeah, again, uh there uh, I'm gonna be harsh again because again, there's nothing he's not interestingly interesting enough to be scandalous um i'm i'm gonna say too again i'm i'm oh my gosh i'm I'm being very harsh with him yeah Um, i'm also gonna say it too i think he needs to get some points for his poor treatment of the berbers Uh, right i was gonna say there's a you know sure yeah there's there's nothing huge here no no so that's a four for no maybe yes okay Orthodoxia is our next category. How religious mm. was he? I don't have any stories about his personal religiosity like we did right. for Abdelaziz. Right. He was willing to use the Orthodox rules at the time to get around the tax issue, right? Right. So he was like, I can't tax Muslims, so I'm going to do what I need to to get the money without going against that orthodoxy. Right. But- so that's one thing. Yeah, I think to me, though, I'm almost inclined to judge him fairly negatively for that in terms of of orthodoxy, because we're talking about somebody who has a money agenda, and religion is simply an impediment to that agenda. Mm -hmm. So he's viewing his religion as something that he has to work around rather than something that he has to foster and develop. And, you know, okay, yes, again, you memorized the manual, very impressive that you, you found the loophole, but, but, but it is not the mark of a pious man to look for loopholes. Right. Um, That is true. Yeah. And, and obviously we, we don't have any, uh, any, any building of mosques, any, Mm -mm. uh, you know, sort of impressive leave behinds. He Um, did move the capital to Cordoba, which will soon be the host of many great religious buildings for the Muslims. Right. Right. I mean, but he didn't build any of them. It's, it's kind of set. I mean, I, I, you know, the categories we have set up um, don't, give him a lot of credit for a lot of the stuff that he has done. Um, So we're going to have to be really nice to him uh, when we get to El Resto. Um, But, but for this one, again, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't want to say, no, I do want to say too, because again, all we can see is that he is good at, he, he takes his religion seriously enough to follow it. You know what? I've talked myself into it. I'll give him a three. I was also um, going to give him a three. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I think that he's he's perfectly religious, but there's yep. nothing outstanding. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that is a six for orthodoxia. All good. right. El Resto. Since we are saying goodbye to the Caliph Suleiman, I thought I would yeah. share one of his coins. Oh, good. So we can kind of see what that looked like. These coins would have been circulating. They were minted in Damascus, but Mm -hmm. they they were in use throughout the caliphate. And so here is a gold dinar from Suleiman. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see how much better oh. the workmanship is. Oh, wow. I Those told you we'd get much better coins. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's terrific. And, and yeah, you, you, the lettering is just uh, extraordinary. Yes, yeah, so um, this is all lettering. There's lettering around right. the sides, which says right. there is no God, but God and Muhammad is his prophet. Okay, gotcha. And then there's lettering on the inside, which refers to the current caliph, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. Right. Uh, I do know what the outside says because at this time, these coins, I mean, they're gold. Gold is gold. Uh -huh. They were right. traded both within and outside of the caliphate. And okay. there are Anglo-Saxon coins where the center of it has been rubbed off and a picture, mm. you know, a, a, an engraving of the king is there. But the uh -huh. outside still says there I is see. no God but God and Muhammad yeah. is his prophet. I see. They, they As a matter of fact, there are also coins that were minted in England that mm. say the same thing. I mean, they couldn't read it. They didn't know wow. those words. They mm -hmm. just thought it had something to do with, like it was important to put oh. on a coin. Oh God, there are teenagers in Southern California in the late nineties who are getting Asian lettering tattooed. That's exactly on what their they're back doing. shoulders, yes. having no idea what it says. <laughs> no idea what it says. No idea that it does say anything. It just right. looks like some interesting markings to them. Yes. That obviously have something to do with coinage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah nice so 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 this is this is one of Suleyman's mm -hmm. coins well I am, to, I'm I am duly impressed you should be duly impressed yes. apart from that Alhur ruled from 716 to early 719 that's three years the longest stint of any of our governors so far uh, yeah yeah that's true we don't um, know if he had any children if he right. did none of them came to anything okay and we don't know how he died that's pretty dismal. It is um, pretty dismal. Right. Um, however, since, since this is the catch-all category, I do want to start to give him uh, some points. Uh, the Cordoba I think we can move. give points, yeah, for Cordoba, definitely. We Cordoba. gave Leovigo points for setting the capital at Toledo. Yes, right? yes, exactly. Uh, I, I really, I think we have to do that. That's, that's huge. It's going to have implications uh, mm -hmm. down the line. Uh, that's a big one. Um, the, and the appointment the, of judges. I, I think. was going to say, I've got Kadi, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mentioned as the next one, the appointment of judges, the setting up of, uh, as you say, the bureaucracy, the, the political infrastructure, which again is going to sustain an occupation of hundreds of years, quite some time. Yes. Uh, so that's a, that's, that's a big deal too. You know, you, if you set up a system of government that, that stands the test of time, I mean, mind you, he didn't invent it. He simply no. uh, applied it. Nonetheless, well done. And I, I gotta say, you know, the, the, the solving the tax problem. Granted, it's going to, there's going to be blowback. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but there's no blowback for him. No. Uh, so, you know, in, in that sense, uh, if nothing else, we can say, all right, well, this is. It's not necessarily a good thing that you are doing, but it is a decisive action that is going to have long-lasting consequences. Again, significant. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think if I wanted to sum up Al Hur, I would say yeah. significant and necessary, mm -hmm. but not really interesting. Very boring. 
very, very, very boring. And 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 you, you really get the sense that he was a boring person. Probably um, was very boring. I, I like yeah. the idea of the the mustache. Yeah, every, yeah, everything exactly. right in the order and the the yep. um the pocket protector. Oh, yeah. brings, I feel like brings that's his lunch to work in the same Tupperware container. It's a sandwich with the crusts cut off. Yes, um, and a diet Pepsi. Yes. Uh, and that's it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, how, yeah, I was going to say when your when your tombstone reads competent, it, it's a backhanded compliment. Um, yes, it is. Nonetheless, between Cordoba and the Cadi and the taxes, you know, uh, uh, I'm willing to give him a five. We're we are talking about somebody who is sort of if we look at okay uh the capital uh the political infrastructure the economy uh he's he's really setting down a lot of policies and practices mm-hmm. um so and of course you know we're, we're never going to have you know we can't obviously we can't have the things that we usually base El Resto on like paintings right. um so I'm in I'm inclined to to score him quite well there so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say five I'm a little less impressed I'm going to say four but I agree okay. it's a solid score I think mm-hmm. I think he needs needs some points here right so that is a nine for El Resto, and that means mm. his total score is 24. Ooh, not, not great. Not great. Again, our categories really prioritize kind of people who are violent interesting. things. Yes, yes, intense violent things. Yes. <laughs> uh, Which is nice, yeah. but sure. yeah, Al Hur was never going to score very well. No, but no, no. I will point out. Ressa Swint got a, a quite a low score in the twenties, yes, and we still gave him Fuero because we thought that the work he did with the law code and with stabilizing right. the country yes, was important, yes. even if I, it wasn't interesting and got him points. Yes, I I, I believe that is true. So uh, now that being said, that being it's said, our turn is, to go to Fuero or yeah. Fuera. Yeah. I really don't have any hesitation on this. I think he is, I think he was born to be a fuera. I think, I think he so was, too. I think he's the, I think, as I say, I think he's the guy you bring in when things are a mess, but as soon as things are semi-stabilized, uh, you get rid of him because nobody can stand him. He is, he is ultimately a, an essential, but single serving application of law and order. I, I, this is deaf. And of course, we must always remember he was told <laughs> fuera. He uh, was told fuera, yes. And, and obeyed. Um, yes, so I'm he gonna, did. I, yeah, I, I, I really have no hesitation on this one. Plus, I'm never going to give fuero to a guy with a pocket protector. No, um, a resiswint, he is not. No, no, he no, no. He definitely is a fuera. I agree with exactly. you. Yes. But maybe you guys don't agree with us. So let us know what you think. You can Thank find you. us on Facebook and Twitter and also mm-hmm. our Gmail address. All of that is Spanish Arpada. We have a website, SpanishArpada.com, where I put up mm-hmm. partial transcripts and the pictures that we look at so you get to see this coin uh and i have all of the rankings so you can see everybody's score against each other and it's really quite a good time so i'd encourage you to check all of that out before we finish we have recommendations we do. yep 
Uh, would you like to go first this time? Sure, I will. My recommendation is once again uh, going to be based on the 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 favorite movies of my late mother. Oh, um, nice. That again, this is the time of year when, uh, as I said last time, I would be normally in Southern California and watching the movies that uh, she collected uh, over the years. This one is a little less obscure than the last one. It's a movie that I think a lot of people have heard of, but at the same time, it doesn't get a lot of rotation in places like, you know, AMC or, or, or so forth. It is uh, the movie My Favorite Year, 1982. It is a movie that stars Peter O'Toole, as Great. uh as as and as as errol flynn i mean basically okay he is he, he is not errol flynn but he is clearly errol flynn and it is it is it is an almost true story it is set in new york of uh the 19 uh 1954 and it is your show of shows you know which is the great uh, american uh sketch comedy show that was headlined by sid caesar and had a writer's room that included neil simon mel brooks wow. uh larry larry gelbart woody allen back before he was problematic uh carl reiner you know just just some of the most brilliant comic minds and they were all in the same room and so one on a, one occasion, they got Errol Flynn to be sort of the guest host. This wasn't Saturday Night Live, but it was kind of like that, where they had to get, you know, where they got, you know, sort of a guest uh, to come in. And Errol Flynn showed up and he was two things. He was one, larger than life, and he was two, drunk. Um, just an absolute self-destructive, drinking himself into an early grave monster. They realized this is live TV. We, we can't do this with a man who is drunk. Mm -hmm. So they went to the low man on the totem pole, who was Mel Brooks, who was a, who was <laughs> a baby Mel Brooks. And they said to Mel Brooks, you are going to follow Flynn around New York this entire week. You're going to be at his side and you're going to keep him on the level throughout until the show. And this so reminds this me of during the Constitutional Congress mm -hmm. in 1780, whatever, when they rewrote the Constitution and Ben Franklin was like the only founding father right. still able to participate. And he was a million years old and they had this assign him a minder so he wouldn't go out to the pubs and tell right. everybody what they were planning for the new Constitution exactly. while drunk. <laughs> right. So uh, that is that is what this movie is. It is it is the story of of a a young Mel Brooks uh, type played by Mark Lynn Baker, who you might know from the show uh, Perfect Strangers, and it is just delightful because it is it is one part buddy comedy between Peter O'Toole and and Mark Lynn Baker, and one part portrait of this amazing show. Uh, with these amazing talents, all of whom are constantly trying to one-up one another uh, in terms of being clever. And it is, it is just an absolute delight of a show. It is, it's, I would say between my, my mother and I, and, and also my wife uh, and me, excuse me, it's the thing we quote the most often after The Princess Bride. So it is an eminently quotable movie. Uh, O'Toole won, or not won, but uh, was nominated for an Oscar for his performance, for a comic uh, performance. So that lets you know how devastatingly wonderful he is. Yes, uh, recommended highly. My favorite year, 
1982. Uh, Very nice. All right. Well, my recommendation is actually a podcast. Now, this is a brand new podcast, so it's not a co-recommendation like we usually do, where we talk with the creators and we listen to several of those their episodes and, mm-hmm. and come mm-hmm. with a recommendation, and they usually recommend us back on their podcasts. Right. This is a brand new podcast that I just discovered, and it is called La Portada. La Portada podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is a podcast in English every week mm-hmm. uh, by two English speaking expats in Spain who cover Spain's top stories and uh, cultural features. And they have three episodes so far covering recent elections and uh, fashion news and news of the weird, just anything that's going on in Spain right now. So Mm -hmm. if you like this podcast and you want to kind of speed ahead and find out what is going on in Spain right now, this is a really great podcast to do. So La Portada, that is Mm L-A-P-O-R-T-A-D-A, La Portada, and it's in English every week. They have a Twitter called La Portada Pod, and it's it's just delightful to kind of get a a little snapshot of current events in Spain, but in English so that you don't have to speak Spanish. Right. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yep. So next time we will be back with Al-Sam, who mm-hmm. uh, takes up the fight against the Franks in a uh, uh, amazingly delightful way. And we okay. will get to talk more about some conquistadores next time. Given what keeps happening, I don't think I want this job. Um, <laughs> just, I, just thinking. All right. Looking well, forward to it. <laughs> we will see how Al Sam takes it when he is right. appointed the job. Uh, yeah. So see you next time. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.